Without a ball, it's just a court. And without your spirit, it's only a game. So, together with the fans, we bring our best. For your next pregame, let's share a twist on a classic. The Hennessy Margarita. A squeeze of fresh lime juice and a bit of agave syrup. Topped off with ice and a salted rim. Mix it, shake it, pour it. And enjoy the spirit of the NBA. Hennessy. Without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. Another episode of Point Forward. Podcast myself, Andre Godala, Evan Turner. Coming off an interesting weekend in Indianapolis, All-Star Weekend, uh, but before we dive in, just want to make sure you subscribe to Point Four wherever you listen to your podcast. Feel free to rate and review us, then follow us on all social channels at Point Four. This week, we are diving into all things All-Star. I was there. I missed a bunch of it working. It was good. It was good. I had a good time. Um... E.T., we had some fun laughing about a few different things. <laughs> um, some numbers came back early. Highest ratings up until Sunday. I don't know the Sunday's numbers yet. But Friday and Saturday, we did get some big numbers in. Um, so we will be discussing all of that. So for me, my favorite part was getting some of those numbers. And lastly, our guest this week, I had the pleasure of actually growing up and watching and then playing against him, Rasheed Baldonlai Wallace. Uh, I'll never forget one of my first times playing against the Detroit Pistons. I saw uh, Richard Rip Hamilton, and he's one of my favorite players growing up, uh, playing at UConn, and I remember being in awe of him, and Al Iverson kind of had, had to punch me in the chest and say, snap out of it, like, you're better than those guys. Well, Rasheed Wallace was one of those individuals where – when I stepped on the court, I just remember those childhood memories. And, you know, we talked about it during the uh, conversation. So, hope you all tap in. And uh, I remember uh, Bogdanovich, was, I was in the game with him, the one that's in Atlanta. And oh, he, was one of the, he was one of the first guys that came up to me and was like, man, I just looked up to you growing up. I'm like, man, what the hell? Like, it was one of the few times him and – my guy, uh, Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges, my young oh, boy. Yeah. He's, starting, he's starting to grow up. He said he cried when uh, Chris Webber took my jersey. So I felt that because I had it with guys like Sheed and, and Rip Hamilton. Yeah, well, I never had it with guys like them. But it would always be like some random like point forward that would just come up to me. Oh, yeah. And would say yeah. stuff or like stare at me. And I'd be like, what the fuck are you looking at? Like that, <laughs> that type of shit. Point Forward is sponsored by DraftKings. Stay tuned because you'll hear more about DraftKings and all it has to offer throughout the show. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Point Forward. This is Andre Iguodala. This is Evan Turner. We're trying to get to the true essence of 
not just basketball, but life, and that means something, something, something. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. That level of understanding has been taken out of the game. Of the game. E.T., any favorite moments from the weekend? Hmm. I think the energy of the weekend was pretty cool. I think I think I saw a few things from the weekend where I was like, wow, that's dope. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, obviously, like you talk about the All-Star game, look at Dame, what he was doing in the All-Star game. You look how Tyrese Halliburton started the All-Star game off. That was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. You go into even just, you look at, like, Michael Parsons and C.J. Stroud going crazy on the, <laughs> for the celebrity game. Like, you know I what missed I mean? all that. I'm sad. Did I missed you? it all. Man, I was at the rookie game getting ready for that. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, that rookie game was crazy, bro. That rookie game was was really, really good. I'm not going to lie. And one thing that people aren't talking about, it's a G G League and Night Boys. Like, mm-hmm. what's it, Matis Bazoulis and uh, yeah. Ron Holland? They they were yeah. able to take out, like, Victor Wimbiyama and all them. Mm-hmm. Like, that mm-hmm. was a pretty good upset. And then they lost to, uh, who was it? Ben, ben, no, no, Ben Matherin's team. What I'm saying is, like, that's some pretty stiff competition moving up, G. Like I thought, like the the weekend went well in that sense, and obviously you had the you know the Steph and um, you know Sabrina shootout that really you know uh, took the world by storm, to say the least. What'd you yeah. think of that? No, it was dope. I I actually went down on the floor to actually watch that one event, so who, I hustled oh, down. Yeah, who yeah. Did, was there ever was there ever any doubt? Okay. It was funny that I heard he wasn't making he wasn't making the shots in in his preparation. He was struggling a little bit. This is what someone was like. Someone hit me and was like, "Yo, like I'm a little nervous. Like he 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 got he's trying to find his rhythm." And I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, here we go. I'm not knowing how the reaction is going to be. You always get nervous from yeah." Because our fans' sentiments can be taken all out of context and just be a narrative that we don't need on both sides, and I don't like that. And I want it to be regardless of whoever wins, it was a great moment. How do we continue to grow the sport? How do we get to have fan participation on both sides, little boys and girls be inspired? And that's what happened, and I think you can have that going forward. And so it worked out. But I heard he wasn't making shots uh, preparing for it, yeah. And as it's going, I had to tell a few people. Shout out to my man, Sir. I met Sir. Oh, Sir's dope. Like, and he's yeah, one of my favorite devils, artists. Yeah, the evils. yeah, he's dope. Yeah, yeah, he's one of my favorite artists. And I noticed him before he noticed me, and he was shocked when I showed him my library. So he's asking me what's gonna happen. I'm like, listen, when them lights come on, thirty come on, and it, it was just a lot. It was it was a good time. It was fun to see yeah, the energy. Yeah. It was a great energy in there. It's so funny because uh, obviously, you know, Sabrina's such a great shooter. But, you know, I just know Steph from, like, you know, Chef, like Chef Curry. So, like, I tweeted, like, damn, it was equivalent to when the, the Lakers won in the bubble. And I was like, I can't <laughs> believe I let people, and not saying this equates oh, to that, I can't, I can't believe I let the TV make me really believe a team comprised of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Might right. not have a chance, at right, least right. that year. And when I thought about it, I tweeted, I'm like, man, Steph bogus for doing this. 
And it had nothing to do with Sabrina because it's right. a great big show. And when you break down she shot, she shot the shit out the ball. I, I wish did. I would have saw three rounds. I think they kind of shortchanged ah, her, to be completely okay. honest. I wish I would have saw okay. three rounds. Okay. But last thing I'm going to say on that was just like, I was just like, bro, there was no doubt in my mind Steph would win. But was that wrong for saying it? Well, you know what I mean? Like if you no, root yeah, one way, root, root the other, or is it, you know, the comparison is women are better shooters naturally than men. You know what I'm saying? But thank you. I think Steph that, is I different. think people don't. Their skill set is naturally better. People don't understand it. Like their skill set, basketball, like the way they play is a naturally a better game. So like when you sit here and they're talking about, can Steph beat Sabrina? I didn't want to like yell at anybody, but I'm like, women are better shooters than men. So I think people don't understand um, what's being said because they only take three words or four words out of it as opposed to taking the entire picture. And they they know, take four words about, and then they wake up. Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? That's and when they're I, awake. And you have, to, you have to remind them that Amazon is the everything store. But when, if someone was to say today, man, Amazon just sell books. Someone would go crazy and say, look at these idiots. They don't know nothing about Amazon. They think Amazon just sold books. It's like, that's literally how they started. And so that's a part of the world we live in, in terms of, you know, the NBA or the game of basketball being the most uh, socially followed sport with this fan base. And so there's so many voices that are included now. And it's just, it's just everything gets spun out of control. And you have to be careful with that. But it was a beautiful thing. It was beautiful to see. Um, I will go back to the the location. And I think people forget how Indiana, they say, what well, was Canada? was where basketball started, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it actually did. That's hilarious. Yeah. It did, right? But they say it was invented in Canada, but it was made in Indiana. That's and real. They, were say, they were saying it all weekend around Larry Bird, around Reggie Miller. I had heard Adam Silver say it a few times. And we come from Illinois. And so we understand what type of basketball culture that Indiana is. And yeah. so the buzz was incredible. And you talk about the essence of the game of basketball. It was a per, it's a perfect location when you get places to absolutely appreciate the game. It was and beautiful. Walk. And HBC, go ahead. No, no. Well, we play the Big Ten always played their Big Ten tournament there. So I was well aware. I'm always for like the Big Ten tournament being in Indy or anything because Indy might not be the most sexiest city wise, but downtown is beautiful walking. Midwest people are great and the restaurants downtown are unbelievable. And then you go right into, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Basketball country. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I it was dope like to see. That. The most buzz I felt was the HBCU game. And, and it, oh, just has crazy? An, it just has an energy to it. I mean, the bands, you know, the, the cheer squad, you know, the, it's competition everywhere. They, the cheerleaders are comp- competing against each other. And it's just that the energy of it was, was a beautiful thing to see. Um, so I was just, I was on the entire time. It's like 9 a.m. to 1 a.m. every single day and then prepping for the next day. Um, had great, 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 Communication with players, great interaction with different people. Um, it was just buzzing. I want to. I want to say I, I, my presence was felt in the rookie game. Uh, talking to the guys before the game about competing, and then Ben did that. But my presence wasn't felt at all <laughs> during the All Star game. So I, mean, I came out. <laughs> but but dude, still, I mean, 
East got off crazy, so that's hard for yeah. anybody to come yeah. back from. You had one dude start off the first minute and a half with five threes before yeah. Dame even made a shot. So, um, but let's dive into the actual game itself. And but, but can uh, we give flowers real quick to Matt McClung? This second dunk contest was pretty impressive, bro. I give him love. I mean, the, the I, second, I this this was pretty impressive, bro. Like when I sit there, I'm like. Some of the stuff he was doing impressive, and I would want to give him the benefit of a doubt. Shorty averaging 28 a game in a G. So it's not like he doing like some, like not 28, but he doing dirt. So it's Are not they like he on, I don't, I don't know, know what the fuck they doing down there, my bro. I don't. Okay. 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 Are they winning? I, 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 Do you even I don't know who they winning? Are they winning? <laughs> because but the dumps were because, crazy, because why? Well, the question would be, I don't know. This is the only... Uh, this is the question I have to pose. Why isn't he in the league? I oh, know the league is a real league, bro. Like you can't okay. be a so, like. This is all I'm gonna say, and we keep wondering like why is he in the league? Or I look at some of my friends like, bro, this is a real league, dog, mm-hmm. with the best of the best. Like when you see people like, why not make the league? The dude was six feet playing overseas. He probably shot thirty nine percent his whole life, and then literally you couldn't give him the ball in the league. You understand what I'm saying? So when people mm-hmm. are asking, you know why you're not in the league? You're not good enough to be in the league, dog. It's not shocking. We talking about let's move it up to 500. Like, no, bro. It's probably only 350 real players. We got an extra 100, you know, 100 extra spots. You feel me? I say too many guys touch the league. I feel like too we many. should make it harder to get to the league. And yeah. based on what you said, um, you know, do we open up the dunk contest to everybody? Mm-mm. And I, I'm not, and I'm not trying to. Take the shot spotlight off of a Mac because that dunk he did where he took it and he let the ball go and he grabbed it and dunked yeah. it backwards. That was impressive. I had to give him a little. Now, someone did bring this up to me, and this was a white guy. Ooh. And, and he said, I felt the real essence of Indiana during the dunk contest. And what he meant was, because I was in there. They weren't just booing because of the score. They were booing Jalen when he when they, you know, next up the dunk, Jalen Brown. And yeah. it was like a it was a real interesting vibe when and it's he like they was dunking. what he stood for. And right, and when Mac was yeah. dunking, and it wasn't Mac's fault. He had nothing to no, do no, with it. No, of course, no. But it was really interesting. And I was doing my thing, you know, trying to, you know, wear my hats. But I, when he brought it to my attention, I had to think back, and I was like, "Whoa!" I saw that. I felt that energy. Like the so Spike that was, Lee that conversation, was, right? Yeah, it was. It was really interesting. Yeah, and I mean, that's gonna come with it, bro. That is going to come with it, and that's an understatement. Twenty. I, I can also say when I played in an in indie, I was shocked to see some country white dude with a picture of Paul George spray painted on his shirt. With the waves really hitting in the in the lineup, I'm like, damn, they really give a fuck about this. They really give a fuck about this dude like this. Have a black man on your chest in Indiana is crazy. Right. But right. I mean I think one thing that occurs, and Jason Tatum said it during an all-star game, he didn't lobby for himself, but he's like, I definitely want to see stars back in the NBA dunk contest. Yes. 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 And when you're I, sitting I there, it's like, is there something that becomes more so like an obligation. I think people have said something like, yo, the Steph and Sabrina thing wasn't big. Pause. Because 
it was two people shooting. It was who was shooting. Right. You understand what I'm yes. saying? It's like with the, yes. with the dunk contest. We, we watch it all the time in modern day life. I might come out fresher in the bitch, drip from head to toe, and people are hating. And you dripping the same thing. You the man. Like You know what I mean? It's not about who says it. It's like, you know what I mean? About like how it's done. It's about who says it and the popularity behind it. And I think that's real star power. That's not hate. That's not nothing. That's You either got it or you don't. And I think and this I, correlates with the dunk contest. E.T., that was beautiful. That is what the conversation sh- is coming out of the Sabrina and Steph shootout. It wasn't exactly what you just said. It wasn't about you know what they did. It was who did it. And All-Star Weekend is about our biggest, our best, and our brightest, and for it to all be in one place at the same time in basketball to be played in its purest form. Now, that goes straight to the All-Star game. And these guys have gotten so good, and Gilbert Arenas is – like he's he has a strong emphasis on the moves that these guys can make offensively and the offensive prowess that is in today's game that wasn't in previous decades, previous eras, and how the game has transformed into all these moves. You know, he spoke about it. You know, you're only able to do a certain amount of moves back then. One dribble pull-ups, you had a spin, maybe you had it between the legs into a pull-up. And it's just evolved. He talked about Grant Hill in the crossover and at 6'8 and being shifty. And MJ and Scotty never saw that before. And this game just keeps evolving. But I will say one of the issues that I feel like we have is it isn't just about the defense. It's about how the game is played. And she Wallace speaks about this where all the guys out there have a high usage rate on their team. And how is the game played? Heavy pick and rolls, five outs, a shoot a lot of threes. You know, teams are getting 63 pointers up a game. And so now you got the, the Pacers are scoring 140 points for about two months there in the first half of the season. And so all that's telling me when you get all these guys on the court at the same time and you want them to play defense, no, you're, it's hard to have defense because it's there's no half-court quality to the game. Like, I watched the 2001 All-Star game, and you had pick-and-rolls into a post-up, into a split actions, into a pin-down. Into triangle. You, you, can, you saw every – all scissor facets cuts. of the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you saw scissor cuts. You know, you seen side-out-of-bounds plays. You see LA cuts, speed cuts down the middle to really beat people down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, nah. back doors. Like, how many yeah. back doors have we seen? And then you yeah. see you see every facet of the game. You saw fast breaks, you know what I'm saying? And then you saw, you know, street ball mixed in every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? And now you see every – like, you got five guys on a perimeter, and it's just like, I don't want to be Xing out here going this way. Like, you overextending yourself defensively because of how the game is played. And so – Dude, is the game need to be made more physical to combat that? Or it's like, where, where do we want to go? Because you can't be mad at the way the All-Star game is when the game has floated in that direction because of the three-point shot. And you're absolutely right. I think there's little things I want to see change, bro. Like, I get tired when I see the point guard screen for the big man just because. I love Bam. I think Bam's unbelievable, but I can do without watching him push the ball. Unpopular opinion. Giannis, please get your ass in the pick and roll on the short dunker. I'm straight on you doing the moves. I'd much rather see the, the nastiest do it. And um, you understand what I'm saying? That's what's fucking the game up. 
Hennessy and Mitchell and Ness have come together for the ultimate drop, a limited edition collection to celebrate Hennessy's continued partnership with the NBA. Because some things just go together, like Evan and myself. Hey, man, man. Remember when we met back in the day at Tim Grover's attack facility? Mm -hmm. I think it was like 08. I was finishing up my freshman year, and you were about to prepare to get that bag, right? Yes, my extension year. We met in 08. In 2010, we fast-forward to be each other's teammates. Mm -hmm. I obviously thought I was better than you. Then the first day of practice, I go baseline. And you, you Brian blocked my shot before Brian. That was Brian. a good block, G. <laughs> bro, I remember that, that. Bro, that was an amazing block. I'm looking like, bro, what just happened back there? And then I'm like thinking something, like talking to my agent. Like, bro, you just said I was better than this dude? <laughs> Look, on the court, you're surrounded by a collection of personalities, egos, and talent. But when the pieces come together, that's when you form a great team. The same thing is true when you mix a great drink. Different ingredients come together for the first time, complementing one another to make something out of this world. And beyond the drinks, this drop with Hennessy and Mitchell and Ness celebrates the intersection of basketball with art, music, and fashion. Elements of culture that represent ways the fans and players pay homage to the game. The exclusive collection will have a limited drop available for both in retail and online. Check out at Hennessy US on Instagram for more information. Hennessy, without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. Point. Forward. All right, for this week's Heard Em Say segment, where we dive into all the chatter we've been hearing on the other end. What would you... Because the All-Star game was a hit this year. Yeah, it was. But everyone asking all these questions, and I'm just throwing stuff out there. NFL tweaked some things with the Pro Bowl. They just moved it to Orlando. They play flag, and they have events, the skill set stuff. It's almost like Saturday nights, Friday nights. You know, everyone has their opinion on it. What's Evan's opinion, or how can, how can I take your opinion and, and turn it into something that helps Sunday's main event of All-Star oh, Weekend? That's tough. Gee, I think we should start the game with a one-on-one to see who gets the ball first. Ooh. Like some, you know what I mean? Like something crazy is going to really – because at the end of the day, dudes won't care about games but a competitor. This is what we forget about athletes as well. All this negativity comes down. At right. the very least, a competitor is a competitor at his very core. He can act like he don't care, but like you throw him out there, something's going to click, he's going to get the shaking, and you're going to see the magic inside of him. Pause. You get a mm-hmm. bunch of alpha males in the room, and you say this is the pause, the biggest alpha male, you put everybody to the back. Most athletes, I'm like, fuck it. You, you don't care about my talent as much? I'm just going to do this and a third unless my incentive right. is crazy. So I feel as though you either do like a one-on-one, two-on-two, something weird like that. Even you look at the five-on-five games that they're doing for like the Rising Star joint. That's pretty fun. You know what I'm saying? Where players are about engaged. That. When players are engaged nonstop. Because at the end of the day, you're sitting there. It's like, all right, I'm going to have to you know, go right at it because I'm on a spotlight now going head-to-head with a dude. You see how hard those dudes play post-game in the one-on-ones at Team USA. When you remember watching KD versus KG. Book versus Paul yeah. Oh, yeah, that one too. And then when you – Because the 2000 the, had it. The 2000 had it with KG, Ray Allen, Sharif oh, yeah. Abdul-Rahim. They was going at it. Full court yeah, one-on-one. But, yeah, but then things like that, and you know when you deal with a superstar, you deal with superstars, their spots are already solidified to the contract is up unless it's something crazy. What really pushes them or gives them gumption to get better? It's like, no, somebody just – Expose me on a national stage. And I'm not saying that'll work for sure, but I think it'll get the juices flow to compete and legit be like, man, here go our teams, five on five. Hey, bro, here go 200 bands, but who really going to put up a half a mil of their own stuff? 
You understand what I'm saying? Or like charity. Yeah. Like let as opposed to, and go talk to the players, but it's just with anything. Like if they're doing it, hear how they want to rap it. What gets them going? Much more than somebody coming in like this is an all star. And I built this 45 years ago and entertained. So tell me, like, bro, I'm not no show pony. I'm the man. So I thought I found a clip of Kobe. I never saw this. And this I saw this maybe a, two days ago. I've never seen this clip, which is oh, interesting. You're talking about the all-star game, right? Yeah. So Kobe said, you got guys that play harder at UCLA in the summer than they do in the all-star game. So that got me thinking. It's 24 guys in the All-Star game, right? Yes. Add one player. Add one player. So you got 24 guys. Add, a, add another player where it's like, okay, who got snubbed? It would have been Sabonis this year. He, yeah. would, he would have been the 25th player. And what you do is UCLA. We playing a six. I like that. Or, or you got two courts going on at the same time. So it's yeah, like four that. teams playing at one time, and then it's another, key, if, it's another yes. team that lost. Get your ass yes. off the court. Yes. Keep now, going. Now, there's a winner's court, yes. and it's a loser's court. Okay. So if you're on a winner's court and you lose, you go to the loser's court. If you right. go to the loser's court and you lose, you're off, and the team that was already off, they own to get to the winner's court. And pause. And you can and off. you can and you can have it in the big football arenas, so you can have two courts going. All right, and then you're missing the number one part, which is the best part. When you go back to 03, you go back to Chicago NBA. When them games really mean something, like the Elam ending, or like the last five minutes when you have the cream of the crop, mm-hmm. and they're competing, going face to face. When the games are close, like it's it's something like spectacular. Go back to the 03. Uh, all-Star game, go back to Chicago, All-Star game. Them last three or four minutes, bro. Yep. That, t- like, tenacity, yep. or even when, when yep. Kobe and Brian and Drake fucked up the picture and they were guarding each other, when those things get close and yeah. it's pride on the side, bro, you're going to yeah. still see real, like, man, you're going to see shit. Yeah. Holy men. Like, yeah. literally, like, bro, they're going to get it illuminated once they get going. And then you got to throw Kyrie in there for sure. Kyrie can't spend another... That's 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 the thing too. Kyrie got to be able to hoop too. That's from the players. Kyrie should be able to play for somebody's spot every year. Since we since we for sure aren't going to get him into the All Star game. We not Based so off, that's what we yeah. do. We have we have we have a players committee. It's like all right, here's our designated player. Kyrie's our designated player. Player Leave choice. Him alone. Yes, player choice. choice. Absolutely. I like it. Absolutely. The media can, I like it. when the media used to vote for MVP of the league or whatever, and we have our players award and they'd be like, well, this is how the players feel. You wanna know why? Because of the experts. hmm So there we go, bro. That's it. Message. Message. Point. Forward. Now I think everybody understands where the real grind begins, which is after All-Star Weekend. So, touching base with our friends at DraftKings to get a sense of where NBA title odds are, where they stand today as teams head into the home stretch. NBA champion odds at the moment, Celtics are the favorites at plus 260. The Nuggets actually have the second best odds at plus 475. Interesting to me how they, they kind of limped into the all-star break. And then the Clippers, who I think are our favorites, with the third best odds at plus 500. 
I, I like that bet. I ain't gonna lie. I like that little yeah. Clippers bet. That's how I bet, G. I might take yeah. me a little ten bands. Go get. And, and and I think they have a lot of room for growth with that team to continue to jail. No, and, and you get a group of guys, especially those type of guys that like believe. But you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. especially like you get a winner like Kawhi. You get some. You get front runner individuals that believe they can win, bro. They dangerous. Think about front runners, G. Oh yeah, yeah. But she think about when about the front runner. Yeah, think about when a front runner get on. He dangerous, G. <laughs> he now, that's interesting what you're saying because she was saying earlier is like you know the All Star game. You got guys who players really know you, it ain't it. They ain't it going into the the playoffs, and yeah. that kind of takes me to the odds for number one seed in East Conference. Actually, on the Eastern Conference, the Celtics are such heavy favorites, and I've never heard of this. Sportsbooks don't think anybody has enough of a chance of passing them to even offer the odds. And y'all gamble so much that it must be crazy because they don't even give you a chance to bet. That's crazy. They must be losing money. (laughs) Western Conference number one seed, Timberwolves are the favorites at number one at plus 160. Clippers have the best odds at 250 to be the number one seed. And then the Thunder, the Thunder. I don't think we went to the season thinking that the Timberwolves or Thunder would have these great of odds at being number one. And the Thunder are the third best odds at plus 340. But in our world as players, especially the Clippers, well, matchups, I think it matters. But do you want to be... Do you want to be the number one seed in the West as the Timberwolves or the Thunder? That's the that's the that's the odds that need to be made going forward. I'm dodging that boy at all costs. That's what remember. I'm to we'll use this for perfect example, and we'll finish it off. Pause. You go into 2012 playoffs, right? We mm-hmm. spent most mm-hmm. of the season number one. Then Doug started coaching. We ended up falling number eight. <laughs> Last team in the weren't we battling there? Like, who would y'all rather play? Would y'all rather win the seventh seed or the eighth seed? It's like the last hour, and we're like, yep. "Well, shoot!" I remember saying, "Like, if we get matched up with the Bulls, that means we dodged a tougher team." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, mm-hmm. and then it was like, okay, with the Bulls, you all want the first seed or second seed. Not saying we're scary, but we beat y'all three out of the last four times. Right. And we'd be getting in y'all right. ass. Like, like you, know, you know what I'm saying? And when you when, yeah. when you sign up for that, it's like, no, you got to be – those teams' paws are deep. And that eighth seed, sometimes you might want to slide to that third seed for the year. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like, even That's when true. I went number two in the draft, I'm like, man, I, I want to go seven. Or like – you know what I mean? Or like fifth. Like It, it should have been – it should have been – it should have been the uh, Penny Hardaway, Chris Webber situation where there was a trade made. So you could have got picked second, but being traded to a situation that was beneficial to you in your career. Oh, oh, yeah, you or, just, or just whatever it was. But when I was sitting there, I'm just like, all right, Minnesota Timberwolves, they're, they're third, they're whatever, fourth, whatever. Or New Jersey, they're fourth. Da, 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 da. Seventh was the beige boy, Steph Curry. Like, you know what I mean? Mm, copy. So You know what I mean? So you go there, copy. it's like, no, ideally – Sometimes taking a ladder L can help you, you know, early in life. I mean, later in life. Yeah. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit five dollars or more can get a no sweat bet up to one thousand dollars back in a bonus bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code point four. New customers can get a no sweat bet up to a thousand dollars if your first bet loses. 
Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code point four. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash promos for deposit wagering and eligibility restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Point. Forward. P.J. Tucker was fine for saying he wanted to play basketball because he wasn't. So he can't earn a living or he can't create value for himself. That should be a topic of discussion going forward where he is a guy that is not punished for trying to make a living. He's not a superstar demanding to get out of a situation he doesn't like. He's just a guy who wants to play and his coach vouched for him. The same thing that makes you laugh makes you cry, man. The game teaches you the toughest shit, especially in the NBA. What's your what's your line? The game foul and the the game foul and the ref thirty. Y'all have a good weekend. Point forward. All right, now it's time for our conversation with the one, the only, Rasheed Wallace. Oh, he ready? For, he ready? He ready for the? <laughs> what's up, big dog? <laughs> he ready. What's good, Dre? How we doing, fam? Man, man, I can't complain, good brother. I can't complain. Laying low up under that radar, staying in my lane till it's time to change. No, you ain't laying low. <laughs> Your presence is being felt. Um, I go way, 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 way back. Um, I want to say I was introduced to basketball by uh, Michael Jordan in the Fab Five. And it transitioned into uh, Carolina Blue. I hated them because they beat the Fab Five. And uh, R.I.P. Eric Montrose. Um, Word. But yes, like he 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 broke my heart. Uh, but that was my introduction to Dean Smith. And I think the first Carolina team that I fell in love with, or how I fell in love with Carolina, uh, this individual, like he was he was just. I never seen anyone move like that with the size, the skill set. Um, I feel like that's what's missing from the game uh, right now. We'll dive into that. But from Philadelphia, uh, Simon Gratz. Um, yes, sir. Mr. USA Basketball. Uh, <laughs> two-time high school All-American, Mr. USA Basketball. It doesn't have the same oomph to it anymore. Like that's when it was like really, really meant something. Everybody had, was in the pool. You know, it wasn't fragmented, and you know, you had to have a full skill set. Um, played in Carolina, uh, drafted 1995, fourth pick by the Washington Bullets. The Bullets back then, wow. Um, <laughs> holds the bullet. NBA hold, holds the NBA record. I want to get into the Bullets as well. Holds the NBA record for most technical fouls, most ejections. In the single season. To that too. In a single season, <laughs> yes. Now, here's the thing that I love the most because there is a social media site that has, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred thousand followers from a phrase that you invented or coined, ball don't lie. We heard it on a 100-game annual basis because you were always in the playoffs, always making deep runs, so we heard it night in, night out. Um, did some amazing things that folks, uh, they never like uh, attaching to the greatness of our African-American athletes and how you passed out water in Flint 
door to door. No one wants to talk about that. And our cultural presence. We talk about the Fab Five, the black socks, the baggy pants. We talk about somebody wearing high top Air Force Ones with the straps <laughs> strapped on backwards and making it cool for kids to actually hoop in Air Force Ones, not knowing you had a different technology system in your soul. <laughs> I'd like to welcome Mr. Rasheed Wallace to the show. That was actually amazing, Dre. That was actually very uh, a great intro. <laughs> okay, so I, I t- okay, so I took some heat, Sheet. I took some heat, and I still stand by it. And I love this guy. And I think people don't understand when we make comparisons. They don't understand what we're saying. We just hold all. Of, we're just holding ourselves and holding our peers to a high standard. And Giannis mm. is one of the most dominant players in our game in his era. He's got the torch right now. I spoke right. about this to some of the guys like Steph, KD, Bron, Bron especially. Like they. They held it down. They held their era down. And the torch is being passed to Giannis, Joker. Like, those guys have the torch. Like, it's like they kind of like, it's handed, being handed off. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get people to understand we had an era where it was you, it was Chris Weber, it was uh, Karl Malone, KG, Karl it was Malone, KG, it was Tim, Tim Duncan. Duncan. It Tim was, Duncan. people forget about Antonio, Antonio McDice. Antonio McDice. Before the uh, microfracture, like people don't understand that position and how Jawan Howard was the first $100 million player. Ben Wallace was on y'all's team in DC as well. Like people don't understand how you, you couldn't have a weakness in your era. And so when I say that Rasheed Wallace was, was, was a better version, was a better player, they, I think they, there's, they're thinking that I'm saying that it's a diss, it's not a knock. I'm just trying to get them to understand how good Rasheed Wallace is, was, whatever you want to put on it, how good Rasheed Wallace was as a basketball player. And so folks try to throw me in some hot water, but I'm I'm standing well, on no, business. You know, you know, you know what it is though, Dre's like it's like when when we came up, especially, you know, with, with me being a little bit older, when I came up too, and I did come up watching the Carl Malone, watching the Pat Ewing, the David Robinson, you know what I'm saying? Watching all the, the NBA greats. It's like they, they hung their hat on something. They stood on something, you know what I mean? So also with that, it was multifaceted. Like, you know, cats could post up, cats could step out, hit the anywhere between the 10 and 18 footer, depending on the player. Um, cast set, pick and roll, cast and defend. Might not be the best shot blocker, but damn, I'm gonna make it hard for you to get to the rim. But it's 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 a different era now, you know. Like I think what it is today, they do more uh, opposing to letting the game come to them as they're playing. They do more workout moves. Like if you mm. think about it, like it's it's so many isos. So it's like all right now, all right, let me try this move I was doing in the workouts where I'm a, a sweep right. I'm giving him a hard two dribble, hesitate, come behind the back, give him a two more dribbles with the left, cross, come back, and then I'm gonna try to lay it up on the right foot. Like, and, and then if they can't do it, then they'll do what? They'll either pass it, run back to that spot, or if they got the green light to do it, they'll just back that shit out and then they'll try it again. It's right. like, you know, today you have to be multifaceted, and it's a lot of guys who aren't. You have some guys who are, I mean, I'm, and, and I'm not counting the veterans. Let's let's push the veterans to the side. Let's push like Bron, um, KD. You know what I'm saying? Let's push all that that era to the side because we know like that's a that's a different. As you said, they play. You know when we play. I'm just talking specifically now. More of the younger generation. 
But no, I do agree with what you're saying because we were more multifaceted. Like my man, Reggie Evans, that's my guy. Reggie Evans, guess what? That motherfucker, he couldn't shoot neither. But guess what? He still had the shots and we had to respect him because he was a ferocious rebounder. You know what I'm saying? Like he going to come out there. He was rebounding. He will do some putback dunks. He will. He can make a layup. He going to come out there and set screens. You know what I'm saying? He going to talk, yell, do whatever it is. That's multiple things just in that one. You know, everybody think, oh, I got to go out here and score 50 for me to be effective on my team. Nah. All you got to do is play some defense, block some shots. Think about it. Ain't no real shot blockers in the league right now. When we came up, like you say, a lot of the gentlemen you named, you know, shot blockers. Like, shit. Now look at a catch going down the lane. It's like we thought we thought it was something throughout the year when a guard – with like Tony Parker was averaging um, more points in the paint than Biggs, like yeah. you know that was that was something back then. Like damn, you yeah. know he gets yeah. to the cup, and because everybody else had to stay home, like shit, you ain't gonna leave Tim Duncan, you ain't gonna leave motherfucking uh, David Robinson, you ain't gonna leave Ginobili. You know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna leave them cats. So he had free reign to that rim. But now right. look at it. Look how much they look how easy they get to the rim now. Ain't no shot blockers. Like yeah. they should be dunking anything. But it's a it's a it's a different facet of the game now. You know, they just think like, all right, I can come down and shoot this forty five footer. I'm good money. Right. <laughs> nah, right. nah, it's, it's it's more to it than that. You know, that's good for the regular season. But yo, during the playoffs, that shit ain't gonna fly. Especially if you with a veteran team or got a few veterans on your team. Yo, motherfucker, you better save this motherfucking possession. Come down here and shoot this forty five footer if you want. It's gonna be me and your ass in that locker room, cuz. <laughs> Hey there, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast. And yes, we are in the thick of the college hoop season. Our pod runs at least three times a week and covers everything you need to know. From the power conference team to the mid-majors, the scoops, the stories, game predictions, previews, huge recaps, everything. We cover it all. To find us, search Ion College Basketball Podcast wherever you get your pods. You, you recently talked about uh, you always believe your 04 Pistons championship team could compete with any team from different eras, especially in modern day. Is it because of the defensive mentality you all had and what you hung your hat on? And was there any teams in the past era, even like Dre's team, that you think you know could have trumped your defensive tenacity? Because you think about it, the paint didn't, didn't really matter too much more so than the fast pace of play and then how they mm-hmm. control the game. Well, I, the way I look at it, I think I would still have to give it to us, the old school, for the simple fact of by either rules now. So, and listen to okay. what I'm about to say. So, no, I hear that. If if we go with the old school rules, for sure, you already know what it is. We're gonna beat some motherfuckers up. You know, it's gonna be some elbows. It's gonna be a whole lot of other shit, right? Then from the new school side of it, where they don't allow too much touching, like if a big or somebody's trying to flash across that middle. And you get the slightest either forearm shiver or little hip check, they calling it. So as I was just saying a minute ago, I think more guys are from that old school era are more skilled at certain positions than they are today. You know, a lot of guys just focus on all offense. Everybody just focusing on offense. Ain't nobody focusing on defense. I don't even hear no motherfucking talking out there. It's like you might get one or two cats, you know, on a specific team that might talk who like Miami. We know they're going to talk. Because why? Because they're a defensive-minded team. You know what I'm saying? That's Pat Riley. He's always been like that with them as poster. So we're going to hear talking from them. But everybody don't talk. Like, 
them NBA, I went to a couple NBA games, them shits be so fucking quiet, but that's an important part of the game to talk. If you, if you 90, if you picking up 94 feet and I'm 50 something feet behind you, yo, and if you hear my loud ass mouth, you in that dude, I'm in him, I'm in him, I'm in him. But if you don't hear me, what you going to do? You going, and then you going to ease up, run back to half court or the three point line. Like, no, like talking is a, is a different facet of the game, but with, uh, uh, today, I think that we would win that matchup because we have more of a skill set. Like, you know what I'm saying? Chauncey was a bitch to guard. Like, <laughs> fuck. Wasn't going to move him off the post if he decided to post up. You know, he was a big point guard. You know, all, we yeah. all know he could shoot that tramp. He had a good mid-range, smart basketball player. And that's what I loved about that whole Detroit team. It was all smart dudes. Everybody had that one goal, that one set. It wasn't like, all right. You know, we didn't have nobody coming off the bench like, man, fuck them first five. I'm trying to go out here and get my 40. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, it was all right. Let me go out here. Let me do what I need to do to play the right way so we can get this win. And I don't think that in today's game is, 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 it doesn't have that tenacity to it, you know, because they talk about me and I know both of y'all remember they were saying, oh, she wild. He bitched so much. He bitched at every call. Da, 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 da. What the f- these cats doing now? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. After every everything, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, no, nah, I ain't start that shit now. You know, they might try to say I did. I ain't start that shit, but it's, it's I think we we definitely I stand on that ground with that uh, 04 Pistons team, and we coming up on 20 years too. Damn, my uh, old motherfucker. Um, <laughs> now, what do you remember about those days? Because you're talking about the 04 Pistons team, but I think one thing we forget about is you took you guys took out. From what I remember, one of the earliest super teams, which consisted of Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, was it Gary Payton, Carl yeah, Malone? Gary Payton, Malone. Yeah. Malone got was, hurt. Yeah, Malone got hurt, but still, I mean, it was still slight. It was a yeah. come on, bro. That matchup was crazy. You guys took yeah. out, you know, a, a big leg- legacy in that sense, and that was like a legacy matchup. What do you remember about those early matchups, and also going up against one of the best duos ever? What What was that like? Well, to go up against that Lakers team, the thing I liked the most was we pissed off David Stern. Cause you know, that was, that was his team Hoff. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause all the fellas you just named, GP, um, he Hoff. Mailman, we already know, he Hoff. Shaq, Kobe, you know, we ain't gotta say that. That's like team Hall of Fame right there. You know what I mean? And then here it is, you got a bunch of, a bunch of nobodies. Like, here it is, uh, a, a team full of guys and probably like three all-star appearances between all of them or whatever. No, they wasn't going for that. They they didn't like that. And so I was like, all right, we, we were more hungry. You know, um, I think, and don't get me wrong, um, Kobe and Shaq were still competitive, but I think they weren't as hungry as we were because they've been to the mountaintop a couple of times already by that time. They what? I think they yeah. won two. Already at least they by the time three. We, when we three. And yeah. by the time we won in 04, so I don't think they were as hungry. But mm-hmm. no, we was hungry as shit. We we know it. We wanted them. We knew we were gonna beat them. That's that's the confidence that we had amongst each other. Like that 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 mental lock that we all had was fucking crazy, yo. That shit was crazy. It was like I didn't really have to say too much because a situation and the way things moving and, and we rotating like I ain't really had to say too much to Ben. And it was already automatic. All right. Looking at the clock, we playing them in a the, the chip. Looking at the clock, like all right, if Ben pick his first foul up in in four minutes, then I'm a guard shot for the next couple plays till I get my first. Give him a rest. 
then boom, he come back. You know what I'm saying? We just had to wear him down. Then you bringing in Big Eldon Campbell. You know what I'm saying? We just wearing him down. Darvin Ham, his strong ass. We just wearing him down. And man, we we knew that. In in my opinion, their their focal point was Shaq. If Shaq was to get going, it would have been a wrap because now that's commanding a double team. And who's open? Somebody going to be open along that way, cutter or jump shot shooter. So with Ben playing him straight up, that's the main thing I, I fucking remember about that that whole um, that whole series with the Lakers. And plus it felt good for me to get a little bit of redemption after them cats beating my ass yeah. for so long when I was in Portland. So, you know, it felt good to get a little bit of redemption, especially in a game or I should say a series of that magnitude. And was it you were traded in between in the middle of that year, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. I think you traded from Portland to Atlanta. You spent ten days in Atlanta, and then went up to Detroit. I think you get a lot of flack for uh, you know sometimes your antics on the court, but to be able to switch teams in a span of two weeks, move to a different city, and really keep up with a championship caliber team, that says a lot about your adaptability and what type of locker room guy you were. Like, what was so tough about that? Were you just so focused on trying to get a ring? Or was it just like, yo, I'm a pro's pro and this is what it's about? Well, that's what I grew up with. Um, you yeah. know, being in high school, uh, we were used to winning. I got uh, three city championships out of four years. I got two national championships, a couple players. But I learned all of that from high school. I learned how yeah. to play with other great players in high school. because, And, and then it transferred over when I went to Carolina. I, I would say – during that time, to me, between Carolina and Georgetown might have been the best examples of you could average 30 at your high school, but when you come here, you won't follow these rules. Like You ain't going to be averaging 30, so don't just get that out your head. And, and that's how it was in Carolina. I had to fall in line, especially with them coming off of the uh, national championship. So then um, once I got traded, I mean, once I got drafted, it was like, all right, I was cool. It was all gravy. Got traded to Portland. It was good. My time there, with me being traded, I was like, all right, it's, it's time to go because that the club wanted to go younger. And I was like, I couldn't go younger. So the yeah. crazy thing about it, I think it was, I want to say two, three weeks before <laughs> before the trade deadline, we was in Detroit playing Detroit. And so y'all know me. I'm talking shit. Oh, y'all motherfuckers ain't got shit on me. <sighs> Just, you know, we out there talking big shit. Me, Bonzi, Damon, Rude, Patterson. You know, we talking big <laughs> shit. So here it is. Boom. Fast forward three weeks later. And now I'm in the locker room. You know, I'm going in the locker room at the palace for the first time and shit. So, you know, I'm seeing the guys there. I'm like, hey, hey, fellas, I just want to let y'all know what I said a couple of weeks ago wasn't personal. You know, it just, <laughs> it's part of the game. We're personal. <laughs> we all together now. But I, I think it was that that mental focus, man. Everything, everything just clicked. Nobody had no... No attitudes. Nobody felt as though, like, you know, man, I should be averaging this. I should be averaging that. Even though they could have, like, think about it. On other teams, there's no way you can't tell me. If Chauncey would have played for another team during those years, that he couldn't have averaged 25. There's no way you can tell me that. You can't tell me that Rip wouldn't have averaged 25. You know what I'm saying? So, for us to go on this team and everybody took – everybody had to sacrifice part of their game. You had to sacrifice shots because now you're in that team unity. And that's what I grew up with, that team unity. Pick your poison. If y'all want to come double-team me, shut me down, all right, that's cool. You're not going to stop all of us. That was the main thing. And, and Dre had that, too, out there in Golden State. Yo, yeah. you're not – all right, if you did him up 
to the point where you're not making him run the floor or he not hitting them shots. All right, yeah, I got Dre locked up. The other three, four motherfuckers got like about 20 or 30, though. Like, <laughs> like yeah. he, Dre did his job. He got you focused yeah, right, right. on him to the point where you're not doing no team help just because he said a couple words. Oh, motherfucker, you can't guard me. And most cats in the heat of the moment, oh, take that challenge. Come on, I'm with it. I'm with it. No, I did my job. I did my job. And you come out with that win. And that's that's the type of team that we had, that transition, that mental transition. We all wanted to win. We all were outcasts because I didn't even know to the point um, Chauncey was that much disliked by the referees. But yeah. mm. it came out. But, I was like, oh, shit. Why do you it think was Chauncey is that? Why do you think he was disliked so much by the referees? Because he said his slick shit to them in their ear. You know what I'm saying? I'm letting yeah. everybody know when I say my yeah. shit. But, yeah. you know, he's saying his slick shit. You know, Chauncey on the DL, he, he you know, low-cat dude. So he's going to say it in the ref ear. And that's why they ain't like his ass. I used to I'll, say, no, I'm not, not used to say. I say that, and this is no knock. I just don't think he gets the credit that he deserves. I would say that Chauncey was better than Steve Nash because when I used to watch Detroit play Phoenix, I used to like be like, whoa. It was almost, and I, I, I give Chris Paul the nod, but when Darren Williams was in his bag and he was going up against C, I think all the players in the league felt like, Darren Williams get the best of CP when they see each other. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. what I saw every time I saw Chauncey and I saw Steve Nash. It's like, yo, He's put somebody little. else. Then that's a baby out there. And mm-hmm. I want to shift it to you. And I always and I, I want to have this like conversation with you because I'm trying to I'm trying to figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. I would I would I would say this a few times when you were in the league and then when you were when you were done. I would say Rasheed Wallace was top five player in the NBA, in the league, in the league, because I saw everything you can do. You were one of the first guys. You and Vince Carter, it might have been a few other guys, would shoot mm-hmm. from half court like a regular shot. Oh. <laughs> and then he would make it. And then I would see you shoot threes left-handed. It was like mm-hmm. Sam Perkins. Then you, you would shoot threes, but you didn't have to. But you could make it. Eight out of ten times, and people people don't realize how good NBA players are. Now you're able to mm-hmm. stretch your game out, even though you haven't proven it. You you had you had everything. I saw you do this post move where you would post up and you would take your pivot foot and you would and you would post up and stick that foot and stick it between your defender's leg behind mm-hmm. you and move them, and then you would turn and shoot it. They didn't know what to do with it, and you were like, you like seven. I don't know how tall you are, mm-hmm. but it, if you felt like you were seven four out there with your presence, and you were always talking, you know what I'm saying? You can handle the ball. You played in four All-Star games, should have been 10. And so with me saying all this about you, why, why was it that you didn't take the more corporate route? in terms of what your skill set was and all the things you can do. I've always wanted to ask you that, you know, because I always felt like you were one of the better players, like a skill set far and away above some of the guys that they would mention before. Because, you know, it's the the entertainment as well, and there's certain guys they want to put in the spotlight. Like, why did you never gravitate towards that? Well, for me, again, I have to go back to my upbringing um, because I feel as though if, if we're playing, it's a team sport. Like, one dude ain't going to shine. Like, if if the team shine, we all shine. Everybody shine. And that's just the way that I was brought up. The corporate route, I ain't, 
I wasn't. I wasn't. It, it just. It just didn't fit me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not the type that's going to be on all your Saturday morning papers, on the cover of Sports Illustrated, on the on ESPN night in night out, all that shit. No, that's not me. I, I didn't sign up for that. I signed up to play basketball and try to win championships. It don't matter how pretty it look or how ugly that shit look. That's all I was. I was, you know, brought up to do. And that's all I wanted to do when I came into the league. It wasn't about the money. Now, granted, don't get me wrong. You know, the money, of course, helped take care of many people and help do many things. But I didn't play for the money. Like, if they would have, you know, said the minimum contract or whatever, shit, I still would have played. Why? Because I'm going up. Yo, I heard about this one cat. Yeah, this dude from Chicago, this dude named Kevin Garnett. Oh, yeah. No, I want to play him. I want to go up against him. Yo, no, I heard about this other dude, this and that, you know, that word of mouth travel. That's that's who I want to play. I want to go up against the best. I, I'm not trying to run from these dudes, you know. Shit, at times, I wish I wish I had a little bit more bulk on me. Shit, I would have tried to guard Shaq in them Portland days. But, you know, my thin frame couldn't do nothing against that big motherfucker. But it was, um, for me, I, 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 I took more of the team opposing to the individual. Like, I don't fuck around. I don't like all-star games because it's not a team event. Um, you know, it's all more capitalizing, as you said, because it is a business, capitalizing off that individuality. I don't need that individuality because everybody that's in that all-star game, half of them motherfuckers ain't going to the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? No matter how, how good it is. You know, if you, if you look at it how it is, they the man on their team, but that's about it. They, they just shit during regular season, but they might not want enough games to get to the playoffs or they always get ousted first round in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, that's because individuality, but it takes a team to win it all. So that's mm-hmm. why I never really went that whole corporate route because corporate try to isolate. You know, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna bring everyone in unless the mentality of that person is to bring other cats mm-hmm. in. Like I don't know mm-hmm. if it was if it was by Chris Paul's design or by the state farm design, but I love how the way that each team he went to for the last, like, what, 12, 15 years he's been with uh, State Farm. He's had his teammates in there. He did now, I, I, I like that. That's You know what I'm saying? He's putting a bunch of motherfuckers on. That's what's up. That's what you're supposed to do. But all that comes with what? Teamwork. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's a good star, but shit, he know that he couldn't have got where he got to by himself. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's always been my thing. I'd rather do team than individual. I'd rather sit up here and have two points or go 0 for fucking 15 and have a W than for me to sit up there and go 45 out of 62 for about 90 points or whatever. I, and take the L. We've been saying that, E.T. Yeah. No, We've been, been saying, saying that a lot. No, for sure. So what was the mentality out there? Obviously, you talk about 0-4 and Pistons when you guys won the championship. As a kid, I was a big Portland Trailblazers fan. I cried when, you know, everything happened in the early thousands. So what was the mindset Man. like when you guys had arguably one of the best teams that never won a championship, but a big time representation around that is the Jailblazers name? Did you guys care? Were you just like, Man, let's just be bad boys regardless? Or did you how did um, you guys rise above? Because you're still able to be an all star and continue to have a lot of success. Well, I think actually with with Rose first of all, the media gave us that because it just rhymed with uh Trailblazers. But think about it, ain't nobody go to jail on that team. So that's, that's just some some negative shit that they wanted to say about us, which surprised me because we're the only professional team in this little market. So why you want to sit up there and say 
bullshit about the one professional team where it's possibly a chance for you to get out and go to another city. But they felt as though, okay, uh, we talked negative about that whole Trailblazers team and, you know, uh, we'll get out of the city. But all the guys was cool. You could talk to any of the people on that team, Sabonis, um, Damon, Bonzi, Ruben, Zach. Scotty, any anybody who I played with, Jr. Walt Williams, Detlef. anybody I played with on that Blazer team, Detlef, they gonna tell you, dog, I'm I'm a cool teammate. I just don't fuck with the media side of it. Well, when we were playing, I didn't fuck with the media side of it because, again, as you just mentioned a second ago, Dre, to me that was all corporate. Now I I did bare minimum, you know, what I'm saying with the media shit. Um, you know, when they was like, all right, well, guys, I need I need three or four guys to meet me in the so-and-so room so we can shoot the Christmas video or, you know, send birthday shout-outs on the screen. All right. You know what I mean? I do that your, shit because your that MTV team Cribs was, was cold, team. too. Your yeah, MTV yeah, Cribs was. episode was good, I, too. The O.J. Simpson joint? No, that, that was <laughs> all right. I was, I, was, I was about to get me a truck like that when I was a shorty. I, like, oh, I still yeah. got it. I still got oh, it. Oh, word? Oh, sell it yeah, to I me. Still got her. Sell it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was them good old days oh right gosh. there playing back there. But I, I would have to look at that that Blazer team as you know it's, it's, we folklore. You know what I mean? Yeah. We we did have a good team. We were we were right there knocking and like, oh my gosh, man! Let me tell you, let me tell you, shit. We was motherfucking like Dougie Fresh, six minutes away. We were six man. minutes away from meeting the Pacers in the finals, but it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. We came out, we missed 13 straight shots, and and L.A., they came, you know, B-Shaw hit the banker, Kobe threw the oop to Shaq, and Kobe hit a couple shots, and shit, next thing I know, I look up at the joint, we, it's, it's, the clock says 00.01. I'm like, God damn, look, come over already? We, how we lose that? We was just up. Like, fuck. But I got to look at the basketball guys. You know, it wasn't time. It wasn't time. Yeah. What do you remember about a young Kobe? During that run, everybody talks oh, about wow. him. Like comparing him to somebody. Is there any comparison in modern day, like to anybody now, or no, what do you remember? No, first? I, don't, I think that's that's a misinterpretation of of a lot of people's game. Like, ain't no comparison to Mike, ain't no comparison to Kobe, uh, ain't no comparison to Bron. You know, mm-hmm. every everybody is who they are during that era in their own way. Like for me, I would say like you know the nineties. Uh, going into the 2000s, Mike was that motherfucking dude. Couldn't nobody touch him. Mike was that dude. And then you got the transition in the 2000s into like the 2010s. Shit, Kobe was that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then especially as it came later in his career, developed that quote unquote, what they like to call that Mamba mentality, you know, and everybody started flocking to that. Boom. And then, you know, from the 2010s up until now, you know, you got Bron. You know, Bron is doing his thing. You know, got number one scoring title, all that shit. And I don't think I, you can't. To me, you can't rank them. Like I yeah. can't say that Kobe is better than Bron, or Kobe is better than Mike, or Mike is better than Bron. Like yeah. because during that era, all of them were all, during the eras that they played, all of them were dominating. Like shit. Yeah. Like what the fuck? No matter no matter how you say it, you know. And even sometimes I say, well, okay, 
Well, Mike, Mike had determination and this and that. Okay, boom. Kobe and Braun, they had that. Okay, well, Kobe had a better jump shot than Mike and Braun. Boom. Neither one of them got that. Okay, well, shit. Braun is a better driver to the lane and, you know, a better finisher. He got number one points in the paint. The other two ain't got that. You know, you can go ahead and pick all you yeah. want at it, but you got to, you, you can't, I don't think it's no one clear goat. If we say it's a goat, in my opinion, with me being a big, I'm going to be biased and say, Luau Sender, aka Kareem Abdul Jabbar. But and that makes sense. Yeah. That's a whole nother topic. But Kobe, that that young Kobe was a beast, man. Determination. Yeah, I, Fuck. That shit used to, man. Hey, hey, look, if I didn't if I didn't know him and his family or didn't love him, man, I damn sure tried probably tried to hurt that dude out there or something, man. <laughs> like he was yeah. in our ass, dog. I ain't gonna hold you. Like he was busting our ass. That's right. I remember you brought up something about Brown before the 07 finals when uh, they were saying, you're going up against King James. You're like, y'all called him that. You call him that. But what about after that finals did you learn? You know, obviously game five, you went into the 25 straight points, scored 29 in the last 30. With such a great defensive team, I'm not even trying to bring up anything crazy, but like mm-hmm. he was 23 at the time. Were you like, what in the hell? We the Pistons. We play tough. Like, how the hell did this um, happen? Somebody give because somebody scoring twenty five points back in the old NBA is crazy. Like yeah, it don't right. today. Look, you can do overall, it in a minute, let alone in yeah, one quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in, in, versus the Detroit, the old school Pistons, bro, y'all were grown right. men. Like yeah. to go out there, bro. Like this week on the pitch, we're breaking form and introducing a new segment on our show called the Exit. You had your first exit at eighteen years old. Your second at 24. And then six months later, you start another company. This one's called Shift. The company just exploded overnight. And then you realize, all right, we need more money. So you went out to Sand Hill Road. I'm not a West Coast type. I didn't have a feel for the game, but I figured it out really fast. What did you think when you threw out the number? It is very easy to get distracted and excited and thinking about what you're gonna do with your millions. I ran the company out of money. I know my CFO and everybody was thinking, this is nuts. Oh, Shipped. (laughs) Do you have any regrets about Shipped? How Bill Smith, a high school dropout from Birmingham, Alabama, started, scaled, and sold his startup for $550 million in three years. That's this week. Go right now and subscribe to The Pitch wherever you listen to podcasts. Dudes scored 25 points in a minute and a half. Like, Browns scored in one quarter versus real defense, bro, when they were giving up 90 mm-hmm. points. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah no, that was, that, that? Was, that was a good-ass game. I mean, the, the one main thing <laughs> I remember was like, fuck, this motherfucker can't miss. I was like, shit, you know, he, he caught like – and we've all been there, you know. Both of y'all have been there and played in a league where y'all just caught fire. Like, whatever the fuck mm-hmm. you put up, like, boom, bang, that, sh- that shit is going in. It could be an and one foul, whatever is going in, and he caught fire that game. I, I, you know, and I can't, I can't say too much about it because it's already there, you know, in in video. It, it was a hell of a fucking game. It was a hell of a game, and I think, I think that might have been one of his, uh, one of his coming out games. Um, like we all had, uh, like we all seen Mike and we all seen Kobe have their coming yeah. out games. Yeah. I think that was one of one of his because. It went back to that old school mentality of, all right, we the Pistons, you know, we hard nosed, yeah, we going body up, this and that. And for him to finally do that, 
You know what I'm saying? Because it took him a while to do that. It took him a while to actually beat us, um, you know, in that in that uh, playoff series. So for him to finally do that, that was his, I think, his coming out game. I want to I want to go to I think it was your last game of your career, and I remember it like it was yesterday. It was you were in Boston, right? And it was mm-hmm. Game Seven, and a lot of people don't give credit to Andrew Bynum. Man. Andrew Bynum was a force that night. They forget about Bynum, and Cole couldn't hit the side of a lake that night. He was jagging ne- the game. Shit. I never I never <laughs> seen I never seen Cole like that. And it's just like neither team could just if, – if, if one if the ball would have just bounced a different way, what was that game like for you? And what was the what was the, the hour after the game like for you? Because like, I, I saw your emotions. I'll never forget where I was. I was in New York working. I watched the game in New York. I took a car service back to Philly. I'll mm-hmm. never forget that night. And I was actually rooting for Kobe because, like, he was my idol – and I'm in the league. But what right. I, and I know, and I heard some stories about you was bamming on the door after the game. I ain't going to say whose door it was. You can tell us. Yep. But what, like, you, you gave you everything. And, and that's all I asked for. And, that's, and I know you speak to the same thing. All I asked for you is to give it your all and respect the game. And you always did that. But what was, what was that game like? And what was that hour like? And then when did you finally come down and get over? Like, man, that was it. I gave my all. You know, what's life going to be like next? Uh, man, first first time somebody asked me that question about that. Truth be told, dog, yeah, every day I knew that was gonna be my last game going into it. Um, reason being, that's when my mom had fell ill, and I was like, I was I was about ready to miss that game, the last two games for real, for real. Mm-hmm. But she was like, no you better go ahead and play that basketball boy and this and that, da, 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 da. you know, gave me the whole mom spiel. You know yeah. how that goes. So I was like, all right, and went out there and, and just played, man. Um, wish I could have did more. Um, wish I would have played more to be able to be ready for that game. But, you know, that's another story dealing with f***ing Glenn. Um, <laughs> Damn, that? You know Glenn, no, Glenn, Glenn. It's Glenn. It's Glenn. <laughs> It's only one doc in the NBA, and he played for the Sixers. It's Glenn, <laughs> but um, but no, I, I mean, he just gave it everything toward calf muscle, um, and just just tried to do everything I could to to get that dub. It was a hard win, and like you said, shit got fucking uh, me and KG. It was a, it was a good team up. But I wish we could have faced them cats in our in our younger youth mm-hmm. days. Yeah. But yeah. Andrew Bynum and Paul Gasol, that man, that's a that's a fucking hell of a one too, right there. Cause look yeah, at the skill set that Paul Gasol. Yeah, that high low is dangerous. Paul Gasol has a uh, Paul Gasol had a good skill set as far as he can put it on the floor to get to the basket. He can mm-hmm. shoot a good fifteen to eighteen footer, um, and he could pass. You know, he and he had a good know how of the game, good knowledge of the game. And then fuck, you talking about uh Big Drew. I mean shit, he's only what? He was seven two at nineteen years old, like yeah. you know, three hundred and something pounds. And his skill set was good enough to the point where I get that ball, y'all motherfuckers better come double me. Because he commanded that double team. And I'm to go back and forth, you know, it was a good game. It was hard, but you know, I wish we could have came out on top, but we fell short, I think by like four or six points or some shit like that. But 
No, it was it was overall good game. You know, they had Artest. Artest hit, hit the biggest fucking shot probably in his career from yep. that corner with that uh that corner three. And that's that's what put them over to go ahead up. You talked about your mom earlier. I, I'm aware she worked at uh the Philadelphia Welfare Office for the longest time, correct? And when you're discussing yep, yep. that and you talk about some of your philanthropic work and you know we always talk basketball, but I always get, you know, deep into where people come from. You know, so talk about that and what, you know, she kind of showed you and, you know, the greatness that she, you know, bestowed upon you to be who you are now. Because besides being, you know, a great basketball player, you're one of the most, you know, colorful individuals. And, you know, you smiled through the good times and, you know, showed true vulnerability when it wasn't great for you. Oh, uh, well, definitely. It, it, it all came from her. It stemmed from my mom and my family. Um you know, growing up in Philly, we didn't have it all. Uh, times when, you know, a nigga went to bed uh, hungry, ain't no lights, uh, you know, all that. It, it was part of growing up in the hood, you know. Um, we struggled. Some nights we ate air sandwiches for dinner. You know, other nights dinner was good. But, um, but one thing that I always noticed with my mom, which I think set me to be how I am, I never really asked my mom for nothing. Like, if you think about when you were a kid, like, oh, my, can I get that G.I. Joe toy? Oh, my, can I get these Transformers? This is a new Transformer playset. I want this. I want that. Like, I, I wasn't like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I saw a struggle. Like, and, and then I knew, like, okay, to get this Optimus Prime Transformer toy, it might have been, like, like, let's say 10, 12 bucks. Well, it's about three eggs left and a quarter loaf of bread and they're like, no, nah, yeah, man, I ain't tripping. Like, I could do without it. Or if I be, might be lucky enough, my friends might have some new toys and I might have get a chance to go over their crib and play with some new toys and all that. But I didn't grow up with a lot as far as toys and video games. All my other family had them. My cousins, they had all the video games. Um, Apple 64, Commodore 64, ColecoVision, Intellivision, Sega, mm-hmm. Atari, all they had all that shit. I always went over there, spend the night over my aunt and uncle house to play that shit. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, my mom, she just pretty much installed, like, look, we still here. We got it. We got each other. You know what I'm saying? We got a roof over our head. So everything else we could deal with, as long as we got a roof over our head. And I just took that mentality just into life, like, Never really asked for too much. Even even with, when I was married, like, I never really asked a lot of my wife, like, yo, go do this or go do that for me. Like, nah, if it's something that I can do, I'm going to just go ahead and do it. Like, it was just the what the things that she installed in me. And as you said, mentioned, um, with her working at the welfare office, one thing that she told me that stuck in my head, I'm 49 years old. She told me this when I was probably like about maybe like 10. And, but it stuck in my head. She said, with her working up there at the welfare office, she was helping people, right? She said, look at our situation. It ain't good, but somewhere somebody's doing worse than what we are, and I'm helping those people. And as I got older and figured out what she did and all of that, I was like, oh, shit. And then at my mom's funeral services, I've seen a lot of young ladies that, you know, mm. came and wanted to say something that came up to me like, oh, your mom, da 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 Because my mom, when I came to school down here in Carolina, my mom transferred. 
she transferred to the welfare office down oh, wow. here. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so, you know, she helped a lot of young ladies down here too for her, like, I think it was like maybe five years, six years that she was working, helped a lot of these young ladies. And like, if you guys was to see my mom's wall in her living room, you see nothing but baby pictures and family pictures and, and all of this and that. Like, everything is up there. Like, my mom helped out a lot of people. And with, with that, I didn't really see that as far as with a lot of others. I knew she helped family and her close friends. But with yeah. a lot of other people who I didn't know or even, like, had the slightest idea that she helped, it was just her. And that that just, you know, was installed in me like shit. Like damn, like my mom, right, my mom, cool as shit, yo. Like, <laughs> like, all right. And so, you know, I just try to try to do that and just try to treat people the way that she did. You know, my mom loved everybody. You know, you might have got on a nerve, she might have cussed you out. You know, she, I know Dre, you heard her cuss a couple times, but um, <laughs> she might cuss you out, but she loved you, and that's just that was just her. She was an aggressive, loving personality. Yeah, well, I mean, you spoke to your upbringing. You spoke to having your winning mentality you know, uh, your position in the league, you know, how you built your skill set, you know, how you had an appreciation for team first, all those things, how you taught. I saw, I saw how you taught a kid, uh, you know, how to get his feet work in order. Feet work. Right, left into your shot, <laughs> left, right into your shot, one dribble pull up. Like you just build layers as opposed to trying to have mm -hmm. a seven piece combination out the, out the gate. And so in saying all that and to, and to kind of wrap, you know, the conversation up and bringing it full circle, you know, how do you envision yourself going forward? I know you got the pod. I want to know what you're talking about on your pod. You know, how you want to bring out who you truly are there and how you want to stay involved in the game of basketball going forward. Because you just got so much so much of a, uh, a a big base of knowledge that you can give to the to the game. Oh, man. It's, I love working young kids out, no matter um, in the league, high school, college. You know, I love working guys out. And. But I always let them know, though, Dre, like when you look at the NBA All-Stars, the perennial All-Stars, when you look at, you know, those favorite players like a lot of kids like Bron and a lot of kids like KD and all of this and that, I compare it to burgers. I said, <laughs> I said right now, I said, you know, we in a gym, you know, you might be in high school or you might be, you know, first or second year college player. We in a gym working. Right now, you a kid's meal. You a kid's meal with no cheese. You just bread, meat, bread. That's it. You ain't got no fries. You might get a drink. I said, you a kid's meal. I said, what you want to do? You want to be that Supreme Burger. That Supreme Burger got what? It got anything. It got lettuce, tomatoes, onions, ketchup, mustard, mayo, everything you want on a burger that'll make it taste good. I said... That's what you got to think about. I said, those guys that you like on TV, those are supreme burgers. Those guys spent hours in the gym. KD spent hours in the gym. Braun spent hours in the gym. Kobe spent hours in the gym. And it just keeps going on and on to get that supreme burger. So right now, your burger's like this. And I tell the kids, you know, your burger like this. But we're going to get it up here with hard work. And I just love to work with kids who want to work. And that's one thing, like, I always did, even with my basketball camps. And when I work out, guys, I don't charge. And reason being I don't charge is the simple fact I pick who I work with. 
for the simple fact of if you work hard or not. Because a motherfucker feel like, okay, if I give you my money or a parent feel like if I give you my money, well, shit, you got to do this for my kid. You got to be here on time. You got to da 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 I don't need the bread. And I already have my career. So I'm doing this for the love. So if your son or daughter don't love the game enough to come to workouts, show up on workouts on time, to work out, to actually work while you're at workout. Other than that, no, I, I can't mess with him. I don't need him. It ain't, no, you're not going to sit up here and do this shit to me. Negative. Especially with the track record I got with, with my fucking big. No, no. No, no. <laughs> shit, I got Zach, Jermaine. You know, I got Bam. Uh, uh, ooh, I got Jason Maxfield, got got him paid. Man, I got, hey, it's a lot of young boys I got. Isaiah Todd, that's my guy, too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, shit, too. worked out, worked with, uh, uh, what's the young fella? Um, Wiseman in Detroit, worked with him. Jalen Duran, worked with him. Mm. Like, my, my oh, fingers God. is in the league. My fingers in the league when it comes to these bigs and somehow, some way along that road. Yeah, I've, I've, I've you know, got in these young fellas' ears, and that's what it's all about, just to show them the real, like, like all they see is, is the shit that we all did. Like, okay, on the court and off the court. Off the court, they see they see us with the fancy cars, you know, the cats got all the jewels, the bling, the earrings, the watch, in the club, popping bottles. They see that, and they like, ooh, how I get that? But they don't want to work to get it. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm uh-huh. like, look, I choose who I work with because I don't want to take your money. I don't want to take your parents' money. No, let's go get this work in the gym. And the on, your payment to me, you got to do this shit with another young boy when you get older. Mm-hmm. You got to take mm-hmm. a, a couple young boys under your wing and teach them the skill set because I can't go to the grave with this fucking knowledge. I can't. Yeah, I know one thing. I never got to thank you, but I remember uh, being in Philly. I got a random text message from somebody, and uh, it turned out to be she. And I had, uh, you know, I obviously been dealing with, like, a lot of hate, a lot of, like, weird stuff. And I remember I was, like, 23 mm-hmm. or 24. I get a weird text. I'm like, who is this? Like, man, it's she, bro. Keep your head up. Keep working. You're doing your keep thing. Like, city tough, but keep balling. I remember just out of nowhere, I'm like, damn, like, Rasheed Wallace, like, you know, I obviously know who I am, but at the same time, like, give a fuck enough to, like, reach out. That was, like, huge to me. So, like, every time, mm-hmm. it's like what Dre does for me and some of my vets, I always remember that. You didn't owe me anything. I think we only had, like, mutual friends through mm-hmm. yeah. people. And it was, like, I remember sitting there being, like, wow, like, that's absolutely crazy. I almost didn't believe it was you. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I definitely appreciate you. And, obviously, um, you know, it speaks volumes to who you are. Aside, it's, it's dope to get to know people aside from what, you know, their basketball game is. But you're even doper as a person that you than you were as a hooper. So I appreciate it. Oh, you. for sure. Appreciate it, man. Plus, both of y'all rep for my city, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, both it's of right y'all there. there. Yeah, yeah. I see, I see <laughs> it behind you. Yeah. Both of y'all rep my city. And you know what I'm saying? Y'all wasn't no punks with the shit. That's, that's what I love about it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all took all the criticism and guess what? Kept hooping. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Y'all took all the all, all the air drunk because y'all know how we tough on motherfuckers in Philly. Y'all hear that shit all the time. But no, y'all kept pooping. I love the fact y'all was hooping for my city, man. 
Appreciate it, fam. Appreciate well, hopefully you. Hopefully, they still call you uh, your city since you got the Kansas City Chiefs hat on. <laughs> you know how that you know how the streets go, man. Philly are loving it. Oh, hey, like hey, ET, let me tell you this. Last year, not even this year. Last year, I had the whole city mad with me, dog. The whole city was hot with your boy because we came I'm out right. on top. And then this year, look, just what's what's today? Uh, the nineteenth, Tuesday, whatever. Um, a couple of days ago, I went to a Sixers game. So me and my cousin went to the Sixers game over the weekend. I had to go home because my uncle had passed. So um, we was like, oh, I'm going to catch a game. And, man, I had my Chiefs jersey, you know, had my Chiefs hat. And then they showed me up on the job. And, yo, the whole the whole arena was quiet. I thought I was going to get booed. Oh, oh they didn't boo you? Oh, that's honorable. That's yes, honorable. That's good. That's good, though. That's- I, bro, they shouldn't boo she regardless, bro. I, yeah. I, oh, no. Shout out no. to Philly. Last year, my nigga, last year when we played the uh, Eagles, I went to Philly like two days before Super Bowl. Went to a Sixers game, wore a Chiefs jersey. Yo, I never got booed that hard since I left Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, on oh, everything. Great. But, no, nah, they didn't boo. I was like, all right. I was like, yeah, my boys got some respect finally. Fuck. Yeah, you but I love every other Philly team. That's the crazy thing. I just don't like the Eagles. Oh, that makes sense, man. Well, you always got uh, respect from us, and we always appreciate yes, you, OG. Keep putting on, keep doing man. your thing, bro. Yes. Nah, much love, man. I pre- yes, we appreciate you. you, G. Real shit, yeah. man. Without a ball, it's just a court, and without your spirit, it's only a game. So, together with the fans. We bring our best. For your next pregame, let's share a twist on a classic. The Hennessy Margarita. A squeeze of fresh lime juice and a bit of agave syrup. Topped off with ice and a salted rim. Mix it, shake it, pour it. And enjoy the spirit of the NBA. Hennessy. Without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older. Please drink responsibly. 